for anyone listening to this, like thoughtfulness matters and it's so much deeper than just delight and deeper than just things always being positive. It's like, how can you bring your thoughtfulness and your heart to the process that more than anything matters most? Okay. So we have M from Share the Soul. M, what's going on? Hey, Jordan, how are you? It's good to hear your voice. I'm doing great. Um, if you, just for the audience, want to give us kind of a, you know, a little quick intro, two minute, three minute, uh, just who you are, what you're about. Yeah, of course. So I'm a photographer, um, but I feel like the word that really sits the most true to me in my heart is I'm a storyteller. And I really just, I feel really passionate about creating really deep, really immersive photo shoot experiences for women around the world. Um, yeah. And I also do videography, which is really fun to kind of fuse videography with photography and um, creating safe spaces for people to express themselves. Um, yeah. I'm really passionate about like documenting history and documenting the history of the women that I work with. That's something that just makes me feel so fulfilled. Right on. And uh, I guess I should ask this question now that we're all remote. Where does this podcast find you? I'm currently in Portland, Maine, in the middle of a rainstorm. <laughs> oh, right on. I wanted to bring you on uh, to talk about this one little aspect of the photography process and running a photography business, and that's adding delight. And it's not something that I don't think is talked about enough, um, or I think it's maybe some, there's some trade secrets floating around there. But how can we, you know, when I say like spark delight, how can you like make this really memorable experience for the client. And I want, want to kind of get your thoughts on that. So let's, let's talk about adding delight. Do you, how do you add delight in your photography process? Uh, why do you think it's important? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was kind of starting to unpack the word delight. Like what does delight even mean? Right. Um, I feel like the way I interpret this is really just really valuing the feeling of being taken care of. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, how can I really take care of every step of that process for my client? And I noticed that the experience that I offer is very high touch and, um, really seeing that that's a value that I hold in my heart is, it's so much more than just the quote unquote shoot time. It's so much more than just that two hours, however many hours we're actually working. It's about that entire experience leading up to the shoot, like how it feels and how it feels really, really matters. Thoughtfulness really, really matters. So I think that that goes such a long way is thinking about the client's experience from, you know, the second they inquire about a service to the moment that they're arriving. Like, what is every single step that this person is going to take and how can I kind of put myself in that person's shoes to just know how that's going to feel and to really infuse thoughtfulness. I would, I would really encourage that because I feel like that's, that's when it gets really fun, right? That's when it becomes really uniquely us is when we can infuse our own thoughtfulness into that process. And how that works for me is going to be so different because like, we're all so different as human beings. We're all different as photographers or creatives. I want to ask you about maybe, or maybe we'll get some definitions out of the way. When you say 
for the listeners, like when you're talking about a high touch service versus a low touch service, how do you interpret that? I've noticed this about just like my natural way and then done more research sort of on the back end to see like how other people are doing this. But I really am involved. Like I want to be involved. I want to be there as a friend. Like I want to be there as a, as a person that's truly like thinking about the emotional implications of, you know, a photo shoot experience. It's like, um, yeah. So I guess like high touch to me means like, I'm, I'm really there. I'm very responsive. I'm very much like, here's my phone number, text me, you know, any sort of visions you have throughout the, the day. Like it's more than just this 30 minute creative call and this two hour photo shoot. I really open myself up um, to be available. Uh, maybe we can go into the, a little bit of the buying process or kind of like, you know, uh, leading up to the client signing the deal, signing the contract, actually becoming an official client. Um, what are you doing? I mean, maybe we can just pick your brain about it, but, uh, you know, or what can photographers be doing leading up to the process? You know, we're already, you're talking about high touch, giving you their, uh, you're giving them your phone number. Um, is that the best way to go about it? Or is that something that, uh, because, or maybe, maybe we should, maybe we'll back up here a little bit. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about adding delight and kind of, because I'll stand on my soapbox for a second. I think adding delight is what separates just a typical photography service or just a uh, really any basic kind of customer service, client service, uh, you know, business that you're offering. I think it sets it apart from you're just doing the action of you're just pressing the photo button and you're, you know, you're printing out the photos and you're sending it to them to something that is a memorable experience, is something that can lead to referrals can lead to, uh, you know, we always talk about word of mouth in the photography world and getting, you know, all my, all my referrals are word of mouth. Uh, all my past brides, they refer me and get me new clients. Uh, it's not from just the types. It's not just how good your photos are. Cause I've, I, I think that's so hard to, for a typical person to judge. Right. Like you said something, it's like your clients are not your film school professors and that like hit for me. Past people, yeah, the art school professor that that little article I wrote was, um, we're kind of warped here. People are paying you, you know, if you go to design school, if you go to art school or photography school, people were, you were paying them to give you an opinion and now people are paying you. It's weird because now the tables have turned. It's like you're you're no longer... You're no longer holding your hand out expecting someone to give you their opinion and have them actually care. You have to actually go out and make people care. And I think adding delight is what's going to set you apart from just being a regular photographer or just, okay, cool, you 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 use the rule of thirds design. Cool, great. You know how to level a horizon. You can use contrast and brightness in HDR. That's great. But uh, how are you making this a memorable experience than just some you know, digital file that you're passing back and forth? Well, I feel like first, like what that brings up for me is like the awareness that we need all types of photographers. Like we need photographers that do the full spectrum from just that quick, you know, 30 minute photographer who's going to do this quick little quick and dirty thing. And we also need the photographers who are going to elevate it into this like full weekend experience because we also have to understand that there are so many types of clients out there that all need very different things from the experience. And what I'm learning about myself is that I cater to a certain type of person with a certain type of intention. And right from the beginning, like my process almost weeds out the people who are looking for that quick 
and dirty experience. I don't know why I'm calling it quick and dirty, but like people who need that just very um, kind of abbreviated experience, like that exists out there. And there are photographers who that's what they do and that's what they do well. Um, but I don't even do like those quick services anymore because I've learned that I just care so much about the depth that we go to together. So like right off the bat, if we're even going to go into the buying process, I could be jumping ahead, but go ahead. Like right, right off the bat, I love to take it to the human. Like I take it from the digital to the human as soon as possible. So right from inquiry stage, it goes straight to a phone call because for me, it's like, I want a chance to make sure that for both of us, it's a good fit. Like, it's not just about me. It's like, do we both feel in alignment here? Do we feel like what we're looking for, what we're looking to express in our life? Like, do we feel that compatibility, that, that trust with each other? And then if so, then we move forward. And usually they, they really turn into like friendships. Like it's really beautiful. And I think because I take that type of care and really open that up to be like a question for the client as well. Like, does this feel right to you? Is this what you're looking for? Um, yeah, it makes a big difference. And I think that in a way, the, that type of communication, like you said, is, is going to start to filter it out because people that aren't really looking for a friend or like, look, I just want you to take a photo. I just, I just need you here Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, if they don't care about that high touch, then, you know, you're not the right person for them. Right. And it's almost for the, it's for the best for both of us, because I just, I want to go there. Like I want to get to know people and I have so many, you know, photographer friends who do offer, you know, shorter services. And I love to refer them for those people who are like, I, like you said, like, I just need someone tomorrow to do this thing. It's like, I just know that that's personally not my type of client. Before we jump into, uh, the human interaction where it's like a phone call leading up to that, how can we add delight? Is it, uh, you know, on the, on the sort of digital side, whether it's your website or Instagram, um, even scheduling or even like you said, uh, contact form, you know, there's ways to kind of, you know, make it a, an enjoyable experience. What have you seen that's worked? What, uh, what have you seen that hasn't worked? I've learned so much and so much I've learned through trial and error. Um, and I think what I've seen the most of is that the people I work with tend to be really busy entrepreneurial women, a lot of moms, young moms. And in any way that I can simplify the process for them, it's going to be the best for both of us. Um, anything I can do to make the process easy and quick, the better. Um, so I've really worked on my system building and I think it was about last year. I think I spent probably a whole month just like intensive working on the business. I know sometimes we talk about that, like working on the business versus working in the business. And I spent an entire month truly just breaking down these tiny little steps of like, what is this email that would be sent out at this point in the process? And then here's, like you said, where's, where does the scheduling happen? How can I make that step easier? So it's doing a lot of research and figuring out like, what are the tools that I need to like systemize this process? So so then all I have to do is just kind of press the button to send the email that's already typed out, you know, template wise. Um, it just makes everyone's life easier. I, I feel like I've learned I can't spend my whole life in administration, like doing all the admin work. So luckily we have so much technology that can do a lot of that work for us if we know how to use it. And what about uh, things like your Instagram page or your website? Uh, what are some ways that photographers can uh, make that an, an enjoyable experience or like, because I know like, especially like brides, they kind of do like this little shopping experience or sort of this like online Pinterest shopping experience where they're kind of browsing around finding exactly their perfect photographer. Um, what can, what can we place on our, on our websites or what should we take away, 
you know, I think, I think to be honest, there's a lot of things you can take away from your website that would actually improve it. Um, you know, instead, or like, uh, for me, like trimming down your portfolio, I don't think you need 10 different weddings. I think if you just had two to three wedding shoots on there, or if you just, or kind of in your, in your space doing, um, kind of brand photography, if you just had two to three brand clients or I don't think it would be that crazy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I think like, it's almost like this idea of where do we place the content for it to be the most well received or or the most um, helpful in that process. And I think what I've started to do is I really want my Instagram to be a place where people can get to know me as a person so they can kind of get that backup like feedback loop of like, is this person in alignment for me? So I, I try to like show up, you know, with my face, like unedited, unfiltered, like showing up as just a human being. So, you know, if someone does kind of find me, they have a pretty good chance of getting to know me to a point of, am I going to feel good working with this person? Um, so I think it's a lot actually about like, sharing who you are as a photographer. And it's so much more, like you said, that it's way more than just being able to take good photos and show that, you know, on your feed of like a highlight reel. It's like, who is this person I'm investing in? And do I want to invest in this person? It's, it's, it's way more than transactional. And I think that's, that's why I'm still doing this because it's like, it it can't be about the transactional nature of it. And when you're, okay, so let's say now the client has gone to your website, they, you know, they browsed your Instagram, they filled out the contact form, which the contact form could be, I think that could be a whole topic in itself. Like how, um, like the, I've seen so many questionnaires and like, you know, forms that take 10 minutes to fill out. And I know it's, or maybe you speak to your experience because I know it's, I know it's a good, in theory, it makes sense to have a very filled out contact form of like, what's your budget? What's your vision? Who, who inspires you? And it, and it becomes this like, you know, novel that you end up writing as the customer and it helps the photography or it helps you, the photographer kind of move the conversation along because you're just kind of quickly getting that information. But, um, how much, but there's a friction to it. You know, the the more time I have to spend on this contact form, the less time I maybe, or the the less patience I may have to click send. When you're when you're on the phone call with them for the first time, uh, what is that like? What kind of information are you trying to get out of them first? The call is the most important thing in the process, um, and more than just like in a sales way. It's like that call for me is an opportunity to get to know that person. So the contact form for me is, is pretty brief. And, um, I, I really care about like asking good questions. It's so much a part of the creative process for me. So I try to ask good questions in there that are going to help me understand, like, what are they bringing to the table in this experience in terms of their emotions? Like, how are they feeling as they submit this form to me. Um, that's really important. So I just understand the baseline of like, how are you feeling first of all? Um, and then when we get on our call, it's, it's really the question for me is like, so tell me about your life. Like what's going on in your life in this moment today? Um, what is your magic in this world? 
you know, today and starting to understand where they're coming from and their story a little bit, it immediately triggers so many creative ideas. And sometimes I'll just start like talking about them and sharing sort of the visions that I'm seeing in my mind. And um, often that just organically will kind of lead into the next steps of setting up um, what I call the creative visualization process, which is a two hour heart to heart kind of Q&A session that I do with all of my clients leading up to a photo shoot experience. So I have a really long creative process. Process and I like it that way. And you're you're giving them forewarning, you're like, hey, this is going to be two hours. I need your commitment to be here and be committed to this. Yeah, and you know, I always like. I always like to set the expectation of there being two hours, but often it's an hour. Sometimes it's an hour and a half, but I like to have people block off that amount of time because it really kind of um, it like sets the stakes in a way because it's it's about them. It's not about me. It's like. Can you, do you have the availability to show up for yourself for two hours and unpack the mm-hmm. things that are on your heart? And are you, are you willing to go there with me? And that's, that's always shows and reveals so much. Yeah. I've, I've always been amazed by the relationships that photographers build with their clients. Like just how, like it's so weird. Like uh, in any other field, any other client service, I mean, maybe like I was going to say a lawyer, maybe not even a lawyer, but there's like, there's something about a photographer and just how easy I don't know if it's easy to set up a friendship like that or just it's natural or you're just it's almost easy because it's so vulnerable like the work that I do is so vulnerable I'm witnessing people's true like truth I'm witnessing their heart and when when someone expresses themselves they're they're being vulnerable in front of you and so it's it's really important it's the most important that that's the most that's the priority is is really creating a safe space for people to feel um and so because of that, I think you inherently build a close relationship because you're being vulnerable with someone. And that's not often like the way we approach like new friendships or just new acquaintances. Like we don't always like go to the depths right away. Okay. So the day of the photo shoot, what are we doing to kind of like, how are we prepping? Or maybe, or maybe we can, we can skip to or jump back to the night before the day before, um, when we're leading up to that moment, whether it is, you know, just a brand shoot, a photo shoot, a, a, a wedding day on a Saturday, how can we as photographers not have the client freak out, keep them as calm as possible, keep them really focused in the moment and um, really remember that it's about them, their moment, and it's not about you, the photographer, and, you know, ooh, look at me, look how cool I am with all my gear. How can we kind of really calm their nerves and make them feel like, I'm glad I went with this person. This person is legit. This person is a serious business owner. They know what they're doing and I don't have, I don't even have to think about it. Oh my gosh. This brings up so much. And I, <laughs> I feel like I have so many things that just like come to my mind when I think of this. So it's like, there's two things here. One is creating a structure that's sound enough that we feel like we know exactly what's going to happen. We know the outfits. We feel validated in what we're bringing to the, the shoot. You know, um, all of those steps. Like I'm starting to work with a stylist to help soothe that trigger point for people of like confirming, like, yes, this outfit looks amazing on you. But having someone who like that's their genius really do that work. Um, I'm starting to kind of work with those people. Work with hairstylists, makeup artists. Like, what are the trigger points for people? And like allowing there to be a person to stand in and offer radical encouragement. 
So that's kind of part of it is that structural integrity. But then there's this other piece of it that I think is the most important. And it's almost like this idea of like then throwing all of that out the window and just surrendering to being together in that moment. Um, that's often what I try to do is like really allowing that that process beforehand of knowing the anxieties there, knowing that the nerves are there, really validating all of those emotions and knowing that they're all allowed to exist and that it's natural for that to exist. But the most important point is when we get to the shoot and we stand there together. And that's the moment where I feel like it's my duty to take a deep breath with them and allow us to just both surrender into that present moment and to trust each other, to trust that we know what we're here for. We know the vision. We know the intention. We know the story. We know each other. And now let's just have fun. Let's enjoy this process. Um, and that's always when the real magic happens. And sometimes where things just, you know, bigger than we could have ever imagined going into the shoot, that those things can actually happen. Even last night that happened, I did a photo shoot and the whole vision was to do it in this sunset glowy time. And we show up and it's thundering and lightning out. And it's like, in that moment, I felt like I had this choice of like, are we going to turn around and drive an hour home and do this another day? Or are you open to allowing this to be a part of the story? Are you open to kind of bringing this peace to the calm or bringing this, this calm to the storm, um, literally and allowing that to be the story here, because that's the truth. That's what happened today. And that's what we did. We, we documented her doing yoga in the storm and it was epic and we could have never planned for that. We just allowed it to be. When you're kind of faced with situations like that, where, okay, how can I, you're, you may be thinking like, how can I make this an enjoyable experience? How can I make this uh, not be a train wreck because things will go wrong in the photography shoot. Like you could, someone could have seen the, the rainstorm as a total, like, okay, we got to strike this out. We got to come back the next day, a, you know, a literal rain check on it. Um, how, how are you keeping your cool or how are you, is it, is it the relationship that you have with them and that trust? Is it that they're, you know, that they're okay with you kind of making an audible and kind of like, let's switch this up a little bit? I really like to take this, the stance of I'm holding the space and I'm providing the information and always leaving the decision up to the client. So, you know, the night before the photo shoot I had yesterday, I could tell it was like potentially going to thunder. So we talked about it. We sent a couple audio messages back and forth and her energy about it was like, you know, I just think tomorrow's the day. I feel strongly about it. You know, if it's rain or shine, I'm going to be okay with that. And so knowing that she felt that way, I really wanted to um, hold that space for her. You know, even if it's not ideal for me as a photographer to shoot in the rain with all the equipment, I was like, I'm going to make this happen for you. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's kind of like just checking in throughout that process. And I, we were kind of talking back and forth. Um, she's one of my subscribers. I have a subscription service. So I have some clients that I do work with all year. Um, and so we like end up being truly friends. And so we were kind of talking throughout the night, throughout the morning, and she was just very adamant that that was what she wanted. So I try to honor that um, and honor that, that desire that, that the client has, whether that's to, to reschedule or not, I like to be flexible. For newbie photographers who want to get better at the kind of, I don't know how you would like what I'm trying to think of the, the, if there's an industry term for it, but just kind of the, you know, camera talk when you're like, you're right behind the lens and you're, uh, you're trying to encourage the client to like pose a certain way or feel comfortable. I don't know. It's not, it's not baby talk, but it's just like, okay, okay, you're doing great. Looks good. What as a, as a newbie photographer, what are some tips for that? Because I think that's such a weird concept to be like, 
you just have to out loud say everything and like keep that's sort of like keep them comfortable like that. What for newbie photographers, what are some good tips? That is the most important. I think um, it's like I'm laughing to myself because I'm like such a hype girl. Like I'm it's like almost embarrassing when I see like videos back of me shooting. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm I have a lot of I have a lot of energy like I. I'm like the, you know, the one that's like, yes, queen. Like I'm shouting, I'm screaming. I'm like rolling around on the ground. Like I, it's true. It's like, but it's true. Like it comes over me in that moment and I'm witnessing someone and I'm seeing their eyes like light up and I can just feel them and I'm there with them. So I don't know. I mean, like in terms of tips for, for someone new is like, be authentically you, like, don't say things because you think you're supposed to say them. Like truly, like, what are you seeing? What are you inspired by? Like, call it out, call out the the beauty that you see in a person. And it's amazing how that can really shift the energy in the room and shift the way someone presents themselves even like by, by being called out for what makes them amazing. And that's my favorite part of the process is like getting to be that like radical encouragement voice. It's like the most fulfilling thing. So we've gone to production. We've gone through the photo, you know, taking, taking photos, being comfortable in that scene. Um, you mentioned your subscription service. I was going to ask about payment processing, invoicing, because that, you know, that's something that isn't everyone's favorite topic as a creative, you know, sending the bills being, you know, that kind of formal business person. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about how can we make the invoice process as easy as possible, the payment process and, um, but first, I, w- I want to hear more about your subscription service a little bit, like how you've set that up, because that I think is a great way. You know, I'm hearing uh, like I'm firing right now. Like, OK, that's a huge way to add to the light is to if you can, if it's a recurring thing, it just automatically comes out of your you know bank account and you just have the service on retainer. That's a huge, huge plus. Yeah. You know, and it it kind of happened naturally. So I, I had the idea to do this last summer when I first moved to Portland, Maine. Um, and it came naturally through working with certain women, certain business owners who, when they would book one shoot, as it was like, as soon as we would finish that shoot, we'd already be talking about our next one. And it just kept being this like recurring thing that was happening. And I was feeling badly that these people were you know, paying all at once these big deposits for photo shoots. And so I was trying to think of like, how can I make this work for them a little bit better, make this just easier for them. And it was almost like the realization that that would actually benefit me sort of came afterwards of like, oh, that would actually be really nice to like have these sort of ongoing payments coming in. Um, But the subscription, really the thought of that is I have, um, you know, 15 women right now, my subscriptions closed and I don't know if I'm going to be reopening it again. And that's just because my life is changing. I'm moving. I'm starting kind of a new, um, avenue, I guess, for share the soul and what that's going to become next year. But I'm so grateful for this container that I created because it's these women that every three months, it's like every season, every quarter, they get a two hour photo shoot experience with me. Um, and the payments just get split up every month. So instead of paying these big deposits every few months, each month, they're paying a smaller deposit deposit. Um, and you know, it, it felt like this beautiful system that I built and I got to say when the global pandemic happened, it became, it was, it was such a beautiful gift to have this kind of infrastructure built in, but it also became something that I almost sort of started dismantling a little bit, um, because I started realizing that like, it's beautiful to have that structure, but then what happens when the structure that we know is 
kind of crumbling all around us? Do we hold that, that structure strong or do we allow ourselves to be a little bit flexible and a little bit fluid? So, um, I actually went in and, and offered all my subscribers a two month grace window for their payments during this time, just to say thank you for being there for me during that time. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's like, it was such a pride and joy of mine. And then it was like all this grief of like dismantling that whole system that I built. Um, but I'm grateful to have it. I'm grateful to get to work with these people, you know, even through this time and after this time, um, to just continue documenting their, their evolution. And I got to say, like, when we came into this, um, relationship, each one of us, none of us would have ever imagined that 2020 would turn out to be the year that it is. And so I actually think it's been beautiful to hold each other accountable of showing up even in these times, um, documenting who we are during these times, because we know that like 10 years from now, we're going to look back on this year and, and be curious of what we were going through and want to remember what we, what we went through. When you first launched the subscription thing, what, how did that go over with your clients or is that, were you kind of figuring that out? out loud with them or you're pondering it with them like hey i'm thinking about doing a subscription service is that or or you just send out a newsletter or some email to everyone and say hey payment payment processing system has changed hmm i think it started with me i had a few i had a few clients that i was working with really often and so first and foremost i kind of reached out to them like how would this feel for you? Would this work for you? And so I, I definitely workshopped the idea with some of my key clients um, and just made sure that it felt right with them. And know, knowing that if it felt right with them, it would hopefully feel right for others. Um, and that's kind of how it happened. It was a slow, a slow onboarding process. I, um, I think like at first there was a few and it kept me, um, you know, definitely like it was, it was humbling. It was humbling to like release this thing and, um, and feel it really kind of slowly start to align with the right people. And I'm so glad that it did because what it meant was like over time, I really got to meet new people. And often my, actually my biggest percentage of my subscribers are people I never knew before, um, even launching this. So a lot of them were strangers that turned into, you know, big clients and really big friends, which is, really special to um, to find that like the people I work with are actually people I really want to spend time with. I was going to save this little tidbit for the end, but thinking about, you know, how can we implement more delight into the photography process, into the client process? It really is, you know, I, I think it's great when all these ideas come in, uh, but then it's just like, you know, we may get so paralyzed with like, I don't know what to do, or I'm afraid to like implement it at full scale. I, I think it, I think there's a real big, there's a real big advantage to doing these small little micro experiments and maybe just test it on one client or maybe test it on one prospect that comes in. Uh, you don't have to go full scale, you know, optimize the whole website and, and buying process to have these delightful moments. I think if you just say like, okay, we're going to tweak this one little thing and I'm going to, let's implement it here and see how it works. Um, cause I think there's like, there's like this fear that I might break something or mess something up or I might piss the client off. Like, is there, you know, how do you kind of manage that? Like it, if you ever had, I mean, maybe you don't have a fear in your business or like when you're coming up against these new things to try to implement it to your business and you have this sort of, maybe you have this paralysis or you're kind of, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea. 
how, how do you kind of work that in your head? Like, okay, you know, subscription service, a totally new model, maybe, or totally like, uh, new model, at least for your clients from what they were expecting. What's the debate in your head? And how do you kind of calm your nerves and say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this a shot. What I'm hearing when I kind of hear you express that is like ego. (laughs) And like, I feel like opening up a business is a very easy way to let your ego die a nice quick death. Um, And I think that so many of that like fear and um, mm, lack of trust in our own abilities, like all of that as a photographer, as a creative person offering your services, but often your heart too, in, in conjunction with that. Um, it's very, it's very vulnerable. It's vulnerable. And it also can be really tied up in ego and really tied up in, I'm afraid to fail at the thing that I love the most. Um, and so, yeah, I think I've, I've been really humbled in opening up a business of launching things that really didn't work and doing things that really didn't work. And luckily a lot of that happened very early on. So I was able to like learn quickly and learn really what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, we can't really lead with the ego and lead with needing to hit a certain number or needing it to, you know, make it a certain amount of money. Like if that's why you're doing this, that's not a strong enough intention to keep going through the hard times. Like it needs to be about the feeling. It needs to be about the thoughtfulness. It needs to be about the human, the connection, the relationship. And like, for me, it's like, I could have a launch that totally flops, but if I had one client that came through out of that, that became a friend of mine or a beautiful experience, it's like, that's success to me. That's my new definition of success. And and maybe to add on top of that, when you're, you know, just going back to your kind of high touch, when when we're kind of adding these new tactics and adding these new, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of things automated in your business or, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, a couple email sequences that you might send out. Uh, when you first start doing these tactics or when you first start to add these little delightful moments, uh, it might help to do everything kind of manually or kind of by hand in a way. Um, and that way you either, I mean, one, you become sort of a, a technician at it that you're able to kind of, you know, you know how to do it by not, not saying like be a coder or something or just like know how to do all the build the automated systems. But, um, if you're able to do it by hand, you're able to kind of see it firsthand, how it actually goes out to the client or how it's received by the client. And then once you see that those little micro experiments work, then to start to scale it up, then to start at add automation and kind of take yourself out of the process. Yes. Like I'm thoughtful to a fault where like I'll walk myself through the process like 10 times before I send it out anywhere. I like double check all my links. Like I'm very OCD when it comes to that. I like blame that on working at agencies when I was younger um, for just like that super critical eye when it comes to those details. But um, yeah, it's definitely like also opening up to being imperfect and being a little bit messy sometimes. Like I've sent out automatic emails accidentally and you know, it's like, it's so much about how you respond to that and, and um, how do you deal with that? Or, or do you approach it with like, Hey, I'm testing out this new system. Please let me know if anything is, is like, you know, complicated or anything I can fix or adjust or make better um, improve. Like, yeah, being honest and transparent with people always is the best way to go. And and when I when I implemented that new system last year, I was very vocal with people of like, hey, I have this new automatic thing. Like, please let me know how it is for you. And I just kept making it better from that feedback. So we've got the 
you know, we've got the photo shoot done. We've got the money in the bank now. Now it's time to deliver our photos, hand it back off. Um, I've seen a ton of different ways to kind of hand over the photos, whether it is like just a digital file or a thumb drive or an email link or uh, the special custom Etsy wood thumb drive with the, you know, box and the bird's nest all packaged into one. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how can we, you know, cause this is the moment really like, you know, uh, sure the photo shoot was fun, but this is why, this is the main reason why we hired you. We want the photos. So how are we, how are we handing those photos off in the best way that, uh, you know, ensures that the client loves every single moment of it and kind of is able to relive those photo shoot moments. Um, and, but also at the same way, how do we do it so that it can scale for us and that it is, um, a smart business decision for, you know, smart branding, uh, decision from our standpoint. It's funny hearing you list off those examples. I'm almost like, wait, people do that. And I think it's because like, I don't work in the wedding industry at all. I don't shoot weddings. Um, that's a boundary of mine. And, um, I think it's interesting to hear like those are ways that people deliver photos. It's like very cool. And also very like old school, like sending a thumb drive or something physical. That's really refreshing to hear. Um, everything I do is digital though. Everything I do is, is, you know, sent through, um, an email or like a digital file. So I have a, I've worked with two different sort of gallery layout processing softwares, I guess you could call it. Um, and the software that I use, I just really like because I like the way that the images are displayed as like a, like a masonry, like sort of a gallery. Like it's almost like you're looking at a digital gallery. Um, and I like sending it that way. And I, it makes it easy because I can upload the high resolution file, but the processing software allows people to download in both high resolution and for web size. So in that kind of like initial email, there's like a, a step-by-step process, like download the entire gallery because the link will expire and also download for websites. If you're going to be posting on Instagram, because it will compress the, you know, so I try to like make it very simple for people of like, here's how I would recommend that you download these and share them to get the best quality. Here's where you would use high resolution versus websites, um, kind of that whole thing. But I think another thing that I do in the delivery process, which I think people appreciate is I, don't have like a cap. Like I don't say like, you're only going to get 50 images and that's it. Like I, I always am very fluid with that. And I like to offer people what I call like the best of the best. So it's like the best images that we took, you are going to see, like there's going to be nothing on the cutting room floor that you're going to be missing out on. Um, so often the gallery delivery is pretty large. Like often it's like 150 images plus. Um, but for me, that's just, I I love the editing process. I love that part. And I don't want to change that, um, about my process because I think it does. It gives people a lot of joy to like, be like, Oh my gosh, there's so many. And I love them. And like getting to fully just scroll. And, and I can also see the, the back end of like how many times people have seen the gallery. And sometimes it's like 46, people have viewed this gallery and I'm like, wow, that's so cool that like, they probably just like copy pasted this link and just sent it to all their friends. And that's, that's a really exciting um, thing to see. Do you still think there's a place for photographers to print photos or with everything being so, I guess ubiquitous is the right word. um, uh, I, I, me, the consumer can take a file and get it printed professionally. Is that still alive and well, or is that something that is just now, should that be phased out? 
Yeah, I love, honestly, like I love the art of the, you know, holding a physical image in your hand. Like that to me will never die. It should never die. It's what made me fall in love with photography in the first place was like seeing my grandmother's images from, you know, 1945 in San Francisco and getting to hold them and see the date written on the back. Like there's something about that that's just so important and historic. So I'm very much about physical prints. I actually just bought a printer for myself because um, I was sending out, like I was ordering through like Shutterfly, like prints for my clients and it was pretty expensive. So I'm like, I'm just going to buy a printer and do this myself and be able to print out images because I would love to like get to a point where I can do that for all of my clients, especially next year when my business kind of takes like a new form. I think I'll have that spaciousness to really deliver something like that. I know um, I hired a photographer for myself, which it's probably a whole other story that we could get into um, some other time. But um, when I hired her a couple of weeks after our photo shoot, she mailed me. Um, I'm actually looking at them right now. There's like nine different images that she got printed really beautifully. And they're like hung on my wall. And it's just a beautiful little um, gift. I think that's like adds so much value, so much delight, if you will. To close, let's I think we've talked about a lot of strategy here. I think people, and we know that people are addicted to tactics and softwares and names. Let's go through now and we'll be a little tactical here and talk about softwares that we use, softwares that we have used in the past that we didn't like, and maybe some things to, um, maybe some things to explore. So we'll start, we'll start back at the buying process. Um, I'll, I'll start first talking about a great scheduling thing. You may know, already know about this is Calendly. Um, or I think Acuity is another software like that. Um, something where there's not this back and forth of, Hey, what time are you available? I'm available this time. Okay. I'm not, it's just, uh, with calendar, you just say, Hey, here's the calendar. Here's my availability. You pick it an appointment time. 100%. Yeah. I'm all about that. Okay. What about emails, e- automated emails, uh, newsletters? What are you working? What have you seen that's I- Honestly, so much of my infrastructure is built in HoneyBook. Um, that's probably the main schedule, like the main software that I use is HoneyBook. It, it does everything from emails. It does um, contracting, invoicing, um, all of that. So I really rely on HoneyBook very much. And for emails, they do templates and everything. And uh, I have a 50% off coupon for HoneyBook. If anyone listening would like one, I'm sure there's a way I could get that information over to get 50% off. And then... Uh, you talked a little bit about, I was trying to think of like what softwares can you use in the production. There's not really much you can yeah, use. Yeah, I keep it light. Um, like for me, it's, it's Calendly a hundred percent because like you said, there's nothing more like, like make you want to pull your hair out than having to do that back and forth with every single person that reaches out. Um, the link makes everyone's life easier for Calendly and that integrates into HoneyBook. Like I have templates that I work on that have links to Calendly in them. So it's just a matter of you know, clicking the template and pressing send. But yeah, it's HoneyBook. And then the only other scheduling processor I use or um, application that I use is um, PickTime or Pixie Set, both of which are the gallery delivery um, softwares. But I like PickTime. I think I've moved in the PickTime direction. I just think the gallery layout is beautiful and 
Um, it just has like, it's like foolproof. And from, and on PickTime, are they able to, they can just see the photos or are they able to buy prints from there? Almost like a shutter, uh, almost like smug mug in a way. I've actually only had one client in the past year order, um, images from PickTime because PickTime is affiliated with some sort of printing company. That wasn't really why I picked them as a company. It was really just like the layout I liked. Um, but I did make like, it was like a hundred dollars commission off of a photo book that a client bought. Um, for herself. So I was like really surprised to see that, that they have that infrastructure built in of like, you know, as an artist, we get commission off of that, which was really nice. And for file transfer, what are you using? What, when you're sending over all these photos or how are you packaging it in a way that, um, uh, is as user-friendly and tech-friendly for people trying to download huge files. Yeah, so PickTime does that all for them. They're able to download the entire gallery in high resolution and web size. And then there's like a customized email that I, um, it's a template email that I kind of fill in the blanks, but I send that through as like the, the email. And then there's like a link, like click this link and then it opens up the gallery. Um, so the email has kind of like this step-by-step, like I was explaining earlier of like, here's how I would recommend you download. Here's where I would use the high resolution. Here's where I use the web and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. It's, it's really simple. Like the, it's important that it's simple that they don't have to like open up like a, a thumb drive or need to like click on all these different things. It's like, they're just right there. They can just hit download and it's on their phone. All right. And so your closing thoughts on, on how you can make the photography process that much more enjoyable. For anyone listening to this, like thoughtfulness matters and it's so much deeper than just delight and deeper than just things always being positive. It's like, how can you bring your thoughtfulness and your heart to the process that more than anything matters most? It's like, yeah, how it feels. How is this experience going to feel for you, for the client? Like allow that to be the thing that leads you um, in that direction. All right. So, so M share, uh, share, share the soul and uh, tell us, you know, tell us what you're working on. Uh, you know, how can we find your work? What, you know, what new product? It sounds like you have a new uh, big project coming up. If, if you want to tell us a little bit about that, how we can find your work, everything. You can definitely follow me on Share the Soul on Instagram. I'm going to be sharing a lot of the behind the scenes kind of work that's happening because next month I'm moving. I bought a house and 25 acres of land on the Piscataquis River in Maine and it's bordering the Appalachian Trail. So it's kind of like this little magical oasis, like healing sanctuary. And my vision is to build this into a retreat space. So in 2021, I'm going to be having some like glamping, some beautiful outdoor, like self-care bathing houses, little communal kitchens, platforms with glamping A-frames, um, little like bell tents, things like that. And really just being able to bring the creative process into nature and being able to have like a creative getaway, getaway from the normal day to day and just immerse ourselves into mother nature, do breath work, movement. There's no cell service. Like literally that's my biggest obstacle right now is trying to figure out like how to get Wi-Fi and cell service to this like middle of nowhere place. Um, but I think all the work that we're doing here is, is really going to be so special to get to share with you next year. I'm really excited. I was going to say, maybe that's the point. Just no, there's no cell service. Maybe that's the whole, that's the, that's a benefit. Exactly. And it's funny, like it took me so long to even realize that we didn't have cell service. I just wasn't even thinking about that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Anywhere in the country, you can get Wi-Fi. That's not the case. Like you can't get Wi-Fi just anywhere. It's like a process. So, um, we're working on that. That will be available because I think like, you know, we need to have Wi-Fi to run businesses from there. But 
it will work out. And um, I'm just really grateful to get to hold this space because it's like the fullest expression of, I think the work that I'm doing now is like giving people a safe space to just express themselves and be themselves. And okay. Episode's over before you swipe away. I have two things for you to check out. Okay. Maybe three, but just kind of stick with me. Number one is my daily email for photographers. Each day I'm sending out short actionable lessons on how to improve the business side of your photography business. You'll learn about marketing, strategy, pricing your work, and so much more. Sign up for the first five lessons on jordanpanderson.com. It's my name with .com. It's, it's pretty easy to remember. Number two, and this is a big one, I'm offering one-on-one coaching for photographers who are looking to accelerate their business, get consistent leads, and build a brand they're proud of. Schedule a time to chat at jordanpanderson.com slash coaching. Last is number three. It's this podcast. I'm not asking you to subscribe or go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a little bit, it's a little bit overdone. But I am asking you to go back, find an episode that resonates with you, download it, and give it a listen. My name is Jordan P. Anderson. I help photographers who hate marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode.